Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Blind Perspective, the show where we rip the headlines out of the headlines and give you our blind perspectives on them. Uh, I am, of course, today joined by one of my favorite co-hosts, Claudia Del Real. How are you, Claudia? Hi, I am here, but I am an illusion today. I feel yes. like being mysterious. No, yes. um, just I'm the little... only one appearing on camera for those who can't see. Who can't see? Can see? Can see? Can't see? No, can. Yes, can. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just having a little physical trouble today, so we decided we weren't being on camera. But I'm here. Well, that and plus, you know, she's got crappy camera stuff. You know, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me go to war with you next week. You'll see. Yeah. Oh, hey, stop I'm gonna that. I'm gonna show up with a whole tripod set up and everything, and you're gonna be like, what? Oh. Oh wow. Yeah. Anyway, see, sorry. I can just see her, you know, visiting me and bringing yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, listen, we're sidetracking here. <laughs> um Remember, if you like what you hear, you can go subscribe to our YouTube channel, Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Or follow us on our Facebook page, Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Or uh, follow us on Twitter at Blind Whose. We are streaming on those three places. Uh, if you want to catch the rerun, if you're listening to us afterwards, we are available on podcasts. And uh, as of... March, I will be separating each show to its own podcast on various podcast services. So if you um, only like uh, The Blind Perspective or uh, Snap, you can actually subscribe to those shows uh, via podcast. And uh, regardless, it'll be on Apple, Google, Spotify, you know, the usual. And, uh, of course, I always have the Dropbox link available if you want a copy of the audio or video of this program. And I want you all to remember that we are going to be going mostly audio from now on. Uh, mostly because, I mean, let's face it, our channel is for blind people. And... Uh, very few of our stuff can't be described. Is that how you say it, Claudia? Very few of our, yeah, I don't know. This is why <laughs> you get paid the big bucks and I just get to sit back. You know, that'd be <laughs> you know? wonderful if I come did. On. <laughs> then I wouldn't have to worry where the Zoom payments are going to come from. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, guys, you know, we are here, and today we're talking about something that's been pretty much all over the news dials, and everybody's talking about it. I mean, if they first started talking about it here in Canada, uh, but now I'm hearing that it's kind of crossed the border, and... You people in the Americas are going to have your own convoy of trucks uh, going to Washington, D.C. 
Oh, hell, that's news to me. I need to break out the trailer. Uh-huh. I am. Well, I mean, okay, we are, of course, talking about the truck convoy. Convoy, excuse me. Uh, what they are dubbing the Freedom Convoy of 2022. Um, it started out west in Canada and made its way through the Prairie Provinces all the way to Ottawa. And it's gained momentum to the tune of 500 or so trucks uh, sitting around the downtown core. And some of them have come up from stateside. Uh, and they're blocking the Ambassador Bridge, for example, between Detroit and Windsor, uh, which is stopping a lot of flow in terms of merchandise and products. And something, I mean, something my wife just made a comment about today, because uh, apparently gas prices are going to be the highest they've ever been up here. Um almost two bucks a liter and and I don't know what that equals in gallons um, I mean three or four liters equals a gallon so three or four, about eight bucks a, a gallon yeah I guess that would be yeah about eight how bucks much a does gallon. it take to fill up a tank uh, that I couldn't tell you well what good are you well, you know, I don't drive. Okay. Not anymore, well, anyway. I haven't gotcha. cared about cars in a long time. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. What uh, person are you? Well, Annabelle, Annabelle said something, and, and, and I thought, I wonder if it has anything to do with the Freedom Convoy. Because gas can't get through the border because of these trucks clogging up the bridges. Okay. And it'd be interesting to find out. So, because if it's all about oil speculation, then you know that's a whole other story, but still, anyway, one of the one of the key things that are a pride about free countries like ours, Canada, US, stuff like that, is that we have the right to demonstrate and protest about whatever we want to demonstrate and protest about. So I'm going to give you a little backstory, and then I'll tell you what it's like now. So back in November of 21, the Canadian government, and I think the U.S. government as well, uh, essentially mandated vaccinations to truck drivers or all vehicles coming in and out of the board in and across the border. So you wouldn't be able to get across the border unless you were vaccinated. I see the logic in this, but the truckers did not. They thought to themselves, well, this is too much. The government is kicking us, you know, even more so because we've been locked down until now, and now we have to essentially introduce this stuff into our bodies. And 
they object. They want to have the choice to put this stuff in their bodies if they choose to. Um, and so in, in protest and response to this new mandate, they decided to launch a protest. And they started off with just a group of truck drivers and trucks coming across from Western Canada. And by Western Canada, I mean British Columbia and, and uh, Alberta, Calgary, um, Saskatchewan, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. So they made their way to Ottawa. And, of course, somebody would call me while I'm live. But anyway, they made their way to Ottawa. And uh, right now, there are about, I mean, it's, it's garnered quite a bit of steam to the point where there are over 500 trucks. And I mean not just regular trucks, we're talking about semis, 18-wheelers, cargo trucks, that type of thing, sitting along the downtown core, blaring their home horns, uh, running their engines, uh, and a lot of people are, well, they're annoyed amongst other things. People can't get, well, they can't do their business downtown because it's so noisy and it's essentially interrupting everything. So, yes, we do have a right to protest, but do we have a right to make this type of disturbance? The other thing, too, is that the truck convoy actually garnered support in the form of a $10 million GoFundMe campaign that, like I said, it reached $10 million. Um, and GoFundMe actually took that down because it would seem that the protest has turned into uh, a hate protest and a racist protest. I don't know how you can turn a truck into racist uh, racism, but apparently that's the case. Um, it's obviously not the truck, it's the truckers. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so anyway, we now have these trucks that are growing violent and racist and <laughs> promoting hate and GoFundMe took it down. Now they've since uh, launched another uh, funding campaign on another uh, crowdsource funding platform and they've already garnered $2 million. Oh, it's gone up since then, I think, because I don't know what the platform is, but I just read that, too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, at this point, our provincial pre uh, premier 
has uh, issued a a state of emergency. Uh, I'm not sure what the prime minister is doing. I haven't uh, read anything about him. I think he's actually trying to keep low. But just to show you what's going on, truck drivers in the States are coming up with their own version of this trucker convoy that's going to be going to Washington, D.C. in protest of this mandate. And if... if um, I mean, I can only imagine because Canada is fairly... Um, well, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say we don't have our issues because we do, but I don't, I think the Americas are, well, I think the U S has a lot more issues than we do. And mostly because of population size. I mean, you guys are at least 10 times our population. How are you guys even a country? No, I'm just kidding. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I, I mean, hey, there's a lot of things li to living in in Toronto. I, t you know what? I've I've actually I've actually told Claudia in no uncertain terms that she would have a very successful life up here. And I say that even knowing that. Regular prices for houses are running in the two to three million dollar range. And that's in the downtown core. Where I live, they're just at a million dollars. Just. So, I mean, my wife originally paid a quarter of that. And she's already garnered what she made and then some. So... Having said that, I mean, what the, what is the world? I think it's the U.S. truck drivers that have crossed the border to join this convoy. Because, like I said, I mean, Canada's fairly open. Yes, there are little racist pockets everywhere, uh, no matter where you go. But having said that, this, I mean, do we allow this sort of thing? Do we continue with this trucker convoy and leave it as is, let them, you know, raise awareness to what the government is trying to do to us, you know, despite the fact that it's affecting so many other people? I mean, what do you think, Claudia? I don't think so. I think I think um, I <clears throat> listened to something the other day, and you can access Canada through parts of Michigan. Like, don't laugh at my geography because it does suck. Um, okay. But but I do have to say that that is due to not having vision and never looked at a map. But I do know okay. that you can get to Canada through certain portions of Michigan. Okay. So, 
Um, I amongst I know, other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York yeah. Um, are just two places that I Montana. Know. Um, right, Washington. So, yeah. So I know that Governor Whitmer uh, from Michigan is absolutely up in arms about this whole convoy because um, it's affecting the auto industry. Um, most of the big, the big three uh, automakers uh, have um, facilities in Michigan, um, mm-hmm. specifically Detroit. So yes. um, you're affecting probably you're affecting all kinds of commerce, whether it's you know vehicle industry, whatever the case is. Because if you're blocking the borders, things are not going coming into the country or going out. Yes, that's right. In fact, I just heard a report today that the, uh, the auto uh, factories have laid off so many people. Yeah, and slowed they down don't production. Have the, the supplies, yeah. Right. So I think that, you know, I don't know that I want to completely make the comparison, but I mean, it's kind no let me not um because that's a whole nother thing but i I just (laughs) you know i think that we have the right to protest and we have the right to express our Mm -hmm. you know opinions about different things that are happening but when you're affecting now uh you're affecting commerce and um, just people's way of life because you're being disruptive. That's a whole nother ball game. But I also think about the um, aspect of things being mandatory in terms of the truckers needing to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I wonder how long that will continue to stand considering a lot of our mandates and such are expiring here and the stuff that... Uh, things have been overturned in terms of, you know, they were mandating that businesses um, with over, with, with more than a certain amount of employees, everybody had to be vaccinated. I think all of that stuff is being lifted. Um, Meaning, you know, that no longer is the case. So I don't know that there's. Even with the Omicron. Yes. Oh, okay. Because yeah. apparently this mandate was brought in because of the Omicron variant. But I don't know how you guys are uh, there, but our our numbers are significantly down in terms of all over the country. In terms right. of cases, in terms of like the percentage rates in many states have decreased significantly, you know, from the time that this started until now. Right. Um, so I think that all of that is is being taken into effect and many 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 places um uh, states uh and schools are lifting mask mandates uh so it's um it's almost depending on where you go kind of pre-pandemic normalcy so to speak um Mm. so i plus we have the vaccinations of course but we also have for example, uh, one of our hosts on on the network is Zoe Fiocos. Uh, her and her family have not been vaccinated, and they contracted COVID. Uh, they're not sure it's the Omicron variant or not, but they have contracted it. Now, 
a week ago, she sounded really bad. I mean, to the tune that I thought she was going to need a ventilator. Um, thank God she didn't need that. But it's funny. She was worse off than her 72-year-old 70, mom who has COPD. And her husband, who smokes like a chimney. I mean, she smokes like a chimney too, but but at the same time, it affected her much worse. It's like there's no standard way this thing affects people. It affects people differently. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, at one at one end, you're thinking, okay, well. It didn't kill this person, uh, but it killed another 10 people down the street. And and you're wondering, well, how's it going to affect me? I don't think it's going to affect me that way. So they don't bother with the vaccinations or anything like that. I mean, you had to get a, a vaccination. Um, No, I didn't, but I chose to. You didn't. You're no. you, but you you no. work for the state, don't you? Yep. And didn't they make you get a vaccination? No. Ah, the plot thickens, everybody. Not really. Um, you you um. Well, no, it kind of does because the federal government said they were going to force their workers. But they've since to... lifted it. They've since lifted it. Yeah. Because because um, there was a ruling made recently that said that basically went against that um, that decision. So, yes, they are not requiring that anymore. Was it a constitutional thing? No, I don't know what it was. I just know that um, I, I know that it's been lifted because um, when I've seen... Um, how do I explain it? There are um, certain websites that I'm using to uh, look up certain things. And it says for this type, for everything that I saw at the end of last year required you to be vaccinated if you were going to be employed with the federal government. But now it said based on the recent ruling of, um, you know, uh, I, and I don't know who made the ruling. Um, I should have looked at this before we came on so i am sorry no don't worry but based the bottom line is that 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 ruling does not stand anymore and so that is not currently a requirement oh okay. so so i don't know what happens um i think there was a deadline by which all federal employees had to be vaccinated so my guess is that if you didn't meet that deadline that my guess you no is you're probably going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, now it, this, it was not mandated for me. Was this, hold on a second. Was it, uh, was it repealed before or after you got your booster shot? Um, After. After? Yeah. And throughout this whole thing, did you feel you needed to get a vaccine? I did because I work with the public um, and I also, you know, I, just to protect 
myself and my son and my parents who we see very often. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did feel that it was my, it, it, that it was an obligation. Um, but did well, I have to? No. That's interesting. Why do you think it's an obligation though? I mean, I don't, and maybe that's the wrong word. I just felt that it was my, that I needed to do that. No, it, it's a, it sounds like you took the responsibility on yourself to. Uh, because I don't want to infect others that maybe I might right. come in contact with someone not knowing. And, but you, you could know, have, right, but you could have just stayed home. No, I couldn't just stay home. What do you mean? Sure you could. No, I had to go back to work. When necessary. No, because you were working from home. No, no, no. We had to go back to work. At what point, though? We had to go back to work in June of 2021. Yeah. Right. So when all the numbers came down. No, we were in the thick of it. I mean, to me, it wasn't, you know. Because I know once the the Omicron variant came in, numbers started going up. I mean, we're we're up there again. Yeah. Granted, not as high as way back in, in 20. But, you know, we're seeing some serious numbers. Yeah, so our death rates, according to what I'm reading, are higher with Omicron than what they were uh, even at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. And I'm not really sure, like I think about analyzing that, but I don't know what what is driving that necessarily. I'm not a doctor. so. But we were at home for about a year and then had to return to work. Right. So, no, I couldn't just stay home. Huh. However, there are lots of people um, in this country uh, at federal government levels that are still working from home uh, and haven't returned to work since all of this started. That's, you know, that's really interesting to me. I mean, the question is, what if you had told your employer, i.e. the state, that Mm -hmm. you did not want to get vaccinated. Would they have forced you to work from home? Um. Because even at work, you are virtual, are you not? No, what do you mean? Seeing clients virtually? We're seeing people. Really? There are people. Yes, we. Our offices are open. Our office, our state offices, are completely open to the public. Whether whatever department you're working in. That's interesting because here a lot of services are being offered virtually. No, that hasn't been like I said since. And there were I, I there were there were departments in our within our agency that. Um, were never sent home and we're still operating, uh, you know, and open to the public. Now, uh, 
they were um, not initially, they did close, but they were still required to be in the buildings. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you had to go and work uh, in the offices, but you know, maybe the lobbies or services were not open and stuff was being done via phone and things like that initially, but that didn't last long. Really? Not for certain departments. Yeah. So do you think that contributed to the numbers you guys got? No. You don't think so? No, I really don't. I, I think that, I don't know. I'm one person and I just, I don't know that that was significant enough to say that it drove our numbers up because, you know, uh, because people were going or coming in to do what they needed to do. I don't know, you know, a, a lot of the services that are, you know, offered either federally or locally at the state level are, you know, essential services. We haven't been called essential workers, but the bottom line is it's people need stuff. People need to get their insurance taken care of. People need to get their um, food benefits, you know, SNAP um, taken care of. People need to get all kinds of, so it's essential. You can't stop providing those things. But again, nobody's stopping from providing those things, but you have to take into account the fact that most of those services can be done virtually. Not always, because there's a lot of documentation. Such as, for example, insurance. Insurance can be done virtually. Our state, okay, let me just... um, Without getting into too many specifics, because I'd rather not. Okay, um, no. Okay. In terms of what actual department I work for, but I work for the state. Okay, so yes. Um, our county is a, and I think I did allude to this last week. Um, and we're we might be deviating, but in the end, it's kind of all a big picture. <laughs> right. So, our county is um a a poorer county in comparison to others across the state in the sense that there are lower social economic levels. Um, there are, um, there is a lack of representation, um, in terms of funding, in terms of services that other parts of the state have access to. Okay. Okay. So, um, I, I said this to you last week and I remember talking about this. There are, mm-hmm. We are working with individuals who might have lower education levels. They might not have um, their reading abilities may not be that great. Um, they may not have the ability to know how to scan a document to you or send a screenshot of insurance information or whatever without physically providing that documentation. Mm-hmm. that's what makes virtual hard in situations like this. Okay. So I, what I'm saying is that some of this stuff that, that you think can be done virtually, we found wasn't all that effective trying to get, get documents 
and get people things that they needed. You know what I mean? Um, if we were trying to ask them to present things to us virtually, it wasn't happening. Now that's interesting. So you're saying, you're saying the education factor is a big deal here in terms of what people are able to do and not able to do. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And yes. And some people, and this is not just, this is not just a vaccine related or whatever, but we're seeing this. Um, my son and I even made reference to this the other day. Okay. So I don't know how things are in Canada, but here, um, a lot of the big box stores now have um, self-checkout lanes, okay? Yeah. You realize that uh, besides taking away jobs from workers, which I don't like, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and making things much more automated, um, you're excluding a large percentage of people who, particularly the elderly and the people with disabilities who don't know how to do things like self-checkout and are struggling to get that done because there's nobody there to help cash them out, check them out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you see it all over the place. You see, you see people struggling to do their, to do their, make their business transactions because they don't know how to find the barcodes and scan and go and you know, those things. So it's, it's, um, I guess my point was that automation and virtual doesn't necessarily work for everyone. Yeah. I agree with you on that, but I have to disagree because those same people are whipping out their cell phones and tweeting and Snapchatting and videoing everybody. No, Victor, we, well, not, not, not in my line of work in my line. Of, okay. So I can say I do work with, well, I do work with people with disabilities. Okay. So right. again, and I know we've talked about this before. So, but, but we are dealing with folks that in a lot of cases, they can't read. Um, they are very, um, barely functionally literate. Um, so, you know, while they might be watching videos on their phones, they don't know how to scan something while they might be looking at, you look, you know, looking at Facebook, it might be because maybe somebody has, you know, created an account or logged them in or whatever, but they're not doing techie stuff on their phones. Like you think people are doing. Now I have to say that's a pretty dismal view of the population there. Well, but I'm seeing it. I mean, we're seeing it, you know, in our in our everyday jobs. I mean, um, you know, I uh, work with you know, work with people that don't 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 do email. They don't, you know, uh because they, they don't, don't do email. Right. Okay. You know, uh, but again, it has to do with they, they don't fill out information correctly on forms because they don't know how to answer the questions. But again, this is this population. This is people with uh, disabilities and it's more intellectual disabilities. We work with a lot of that. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So I guess I needed to clarify that. I'm not saying that somebody, you know, who doesn't have, that has a different disability than intellectual can't do these things. But the majority of people that we work with are not able to do a lot of these things. Let me pose this question to you, though. Is it possible that these people are faking this stuff because they think they'll get a lot more support from you? No, Victor. When I'm having an interview with somebody and they cannot even tell me um, how what their address is or how do you spell your last name or without having assistance from another family member or whoever came with them help me out with these details it's not faking so you have no reason okay. to suspect that these people are faking i'm not saying it doesn't happen but i've been in this field for a lot of years and i am good at telling you what's real and what's not Huh. So no, I have are they to, faking? I, no. Because because I mean we have the documentation to prove otherwise. Like I might have uh school records or I might have testing records that evaluates academic progress and and abilities. So no, I know they're not faking. Okay. So the question is, do you agree with these truckers who think that they shouldn't have to get vaccinated? I I it's have not to so say, cut and dried. It's okay, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to garner a lot of backlash for this, but I don't feel they have that right. It would be one thing if they had the ability to just stay home and go out whenever necessary. But we are talking about men and women who travel between various locations and all it takes is just one truck driver to contract COVID and they're taking it across a couple of uh, three or four states or worse six or seven states and bringing it into Canada. But what do you think is happening now? I mean, don't you think that these people are getting out of their trucks and they're congregating and they're socializing? So regardless of... <clears throat> well, that's I, what I, I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying, though. But I don't think, like, um, I know that other countries have been successful and they utterly, like Australia, I think is a good example, um, which I found interesting. Um, apparently they... They really closed off some, I don't know if it was all of their borders, but some of their borders for a significant amount of time. And they managed to keep, um, I think they managed to keep from what I, from what I have read, 
keep things under control. I'm not saying that they didn't have COVID, but I think that they managed to keep it, you know, within Relatively um, manageable low levels. In numbers. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And other countries have been successful at doing that, I think. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but I don't, I think that when you're affecting commerce and when you're affecting, you know, um, when you're affecting trade into the U.S. and Canada and let's say even Mexico because they're close by too, you know what I mean? If it, I don't think that you can ask, my, my personal opinion about the vaccine is totally different than, you know, um, this on a global scale because I don't think that you can mandate everyone to be vaccinated. I think it's completely impossible. And if we wait for everybody to be mandated, it's not going to happen because it's still a choice. And there are people who are choosing not to do it for whatever that reason is. That is your choice, but they're choosing not to do it. So if you're going to wait for everybody to get vaccinated, it's not going to happen and those borders are never going to open. So you're saying the anti-vaxxers should not be as vilified as they are because at the end of the day, it is simply just a choice. I mean, I am not, I, I am pro vaccine. I believe that it works. I totally, I have seen it, uh, you know, in my own uh, personal situations with friends and family and things like that. I do believe it works, but I also, I struggle with this because I do believe that it is your choice on, on, it it may not not be the right choice, but it is your choice on whether or not you get vaccinated. And, you know, I I don't know. Don't, I I mean, don't get me wrong, okay? I fully agree with you. I do believe that the vaccines do work. I do believe that they're necessary. And if I had my, uh, if I had my choice, I would choose to have everybody vaccinated. Right. But I think that if we, those of us that have been vaccinated and those of us that believe that it is a good decision to make, if we all wait for those that haven't made that decision, I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. You cannot make everybody get this vaccine despite how you feel. Okay, so at what point do you take the rest of the world into consideration. For example, we've pretty much done away with smallpox. It's not going to go away, Victor. I believe that I believe that this virus is here to stay. Again, I will say, you know, I always do my little disclaimers because I don't want anybody to think that I'm you know, this or that, but because I'm not, I'm not a doctor, Mm -hmm. I'm not a scientist, but it's here to stay. It's like the flu. I think that there are always going to be variations. There are always going to be different strains. Um, I think that there's a better handle on it now and Mm -hmm. that it, you know, and there's, 
I do believe that maybe every year or two, you might have to give it, get, you know, vaccinated or boosted or whatever the case is in order to keep things manageable, but mm -hmm. it's not going away. So I don't think it's going to be eradicated. No. I mean, I look at, <clears throat> I mean, you have to kind of look at the proof of what vaccines have done for the world since they were invented way yeah. back in the 20s and 30s. Well, right. The history is there. I mean, we don't I have mean, chicken yeah. pox. We don't have smallpox. We don't have, you know, polio. We don't, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not saying these things, um, I mean, you don't, don't yeah, you don't no, see I mean, these things like on a yeah, regular. Yeah. I mean, the fact is we have a, a huge resurgence in measles outbreaks in those that have not been vaccinated, vaccinated with the MMR vaccine. And I have to I'm going to say this. And if you can show me proof, then you've earned yourself a gold star. But vaccinations have never been linked to autism. The fact is, the timing of the vaccination just happens to coincide with the timing that autism tends to present itself. And that's where people mistakenly get the idea that vaccines are the cause of autism. And this is proven. But people still believe that vaccinations cause autism. Hell, my cousin believes that his kid got autism because of vaccination. I don't understand why. Hey, I've, you know, he believes what he's going to believe. Which is ironic considering, look at all the information at our fingertips. Right. But I think, I mean, that's, uh, beyond that, I think if you ask the global question or the big picture question is, <clears throat> should they be required to get it? Other countries have opened up their borders, right? So, I mean, at what point is enough enough? If if I'm going to play devil's advocate, which, you know, I guess I am. Mm -hmm. um, at what point is enough enough? You're affecting commerce. You're affecting people's livelihoods. You're affecting people's paychecks. You are affecting just the, you know, the ability of the supply chain. And by... that's aside from the environmental effects of of the whole horns blasting and engines rumbling uh, in right. the downtown core. Yeah. Yeah. So who cares that we're creating pollution, you know, in yeah. whatever the towns that are near the border, because, you know, I guess we're not supposed to care about global warming and emissions and things like that, because, you know, um, I mean, I so, got my freedoms, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you got to look at it from the big picture. I mean, how long are you going to keep the borders closed because you're you're denying people entry due to lack of vaccination? 
And that's the thing, isn't it? They never really completely shut the border. No, but how could they? I mean, when things... Our, our country... Because I happen to know a friend who drove all the way from Houston, Texas to Toronto without any issues crossing the border. He wasn't vaccinated. In fact, he doesn't believe in that bullshit. So, I mean, that's interesting in itself because how is he able to do that? But the truckers aren't able to come through. Um, well, he this... is. Okay. He is a Canadian citizen. Yeah, but. First and foremost, which means they cannot deny him entry, entry into his home country. It's against human rights. And that is the law. Universal law, as a matter of fact. All right. So, so where do you weigh that law with the fact that this person might have COVID and is traveling across a border? I mean, I'm having trouble reconciling the fact that these men and women are objecting to something that not only keeps them safe, but keeps the rest of the populations they pass through safe. But I think it's beyond just an objection of um, vaccination. You know what this is, is because we've seen it here in our country um, as well, um, is it's about your essential freedoms and the bottom line is people don't like to be told what to do okay and i'm one of these people to a point you know if you <laughs> if you tell me i have to do something when there is no clear guideline that i have to do it i'm a little rebellious and i question before i do it and i'm like probably one of the let not not vaccinated guys, okay but... wait wait no stop 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 no, <clears throat> stop you file your taxes every year do you not yeah i do right and somebody's telling you you have to do that yeah i don't believe you do but somebody's telling you that you have to do that somebody has is telling you that you have to obey the law Yes, I am a law-abiding citizen, but what I'm saying is... And, there are... and the okay. end, at the end of the day, you have to pay the consequences. But it is not a law that you get vaccinated. I mean, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. No, no, it it's not. not. No, no. It right, nowhere... I'm not talking about vaccinations. I think what it boils down to is that you want to have freedoms... But you also have to deal with the consequences of those freedoms. Yeah. And the consequences of not being vaccinated means you can't get past the border. So you got to find yourself another job. You don't want to get vaccinated? Fine. You don't have to get vaccinated. True. You can always But quit. then you 
don't aren't going to be able to cross the border. You aren't going to be able to have to uh, to be able to cross these state lines and populations that you're passing through. Just find a job that you can do locally. That yeah, is the consequence. That's the answer. That's the answer. But how many people are going to do it? No, no, no. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's going to do it. At the end of the day, you're left with that and that alone. You want your freedoms. You deal with the consequences. And in this case, the consequences are you aren't able to drive anymore. Or at least you're not able to drive a big rig. So I guess that leads to the bigger question. Are you saying that it should be a law? That people get vaccinated? Yeah. I think you're always going to have issues where a person can't get vaccinated, whether it be because of religious beliefs, whether it be um, because of, um, you know, allergy to whatever's in the vaccination, whatever the case. So you can't really enact a law to make it happen, because if you enact that law, you must have preventative measures to those people who can't take the vaccination. But then you have to look at it from this point of view. Those people who can't take the vaccination aren't not taking it by choice. They're taking it because the religion dictates uh, sorry, they're not taking it because their religion dictates they shouldn't. They're not taking it because their body essentially is allergic to whatever's in that vaccination. Right. There's some people who can't take the flu vaccine because, you know, um, they clearly ask you, are you allergic to such and such a thing? And then they don't recommend that you get it. Right. Apparently, uh, one of the things in flu vaccines is uh, ache. Right. For example. Right. Some but, type but, of okay. egg, egg or, what, or whatever is um, in the vaccine. So if you're allergic to eggs, you can't take the vaccine. I'm hoping you can still hear me kind of clearly because my um, battery is running low. So I had to plug in. But yeah, um, I can hear you. OK, so I just. Yeah, no, no. This is an interesting conversation. Don't you dare quit on me. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> okay. No, okay. no, no, no. I, um, I'm just um, on my mic now from the right. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Okay. That was weird. Damn batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't think we're going to resolve this question in an hour. Um, I, I think that. No, I definitely honestly, not. I honestly do believe that it is. That, that that is the bigger picture, is that people feel that their freedoms are being, you know, um, um, are being, what, what's the word? Curtailed. Yes, um, yeah. by yeah. 
being mandated to get this, I think it's beyond the vaccine. I'm not saying that that's not part of it, but I think that, you know, again, I know for myself, like, yes, I am a law abiding citizen, but like I said, there are things that I don't like to do. And so I'll be one of the last people to do them. If you don't present me hard evidence that I have to do it. Okay. And I'm not talking but, about vaccination. I'm talking okay. about other. I want other you to think I... of it from this point of view. then. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I agree that you should be able to protest the fact that you don't want to get vaccinated. I agree that you want to, you want to have a demonstration to, you know, to go against vaccinations. I think that's fine. I mean, after all, our countries are based on the fact that we can speak our minds and not go to jail for it. But we have these large horns blaring in downtown Ottawa. These rumbling trucks. And they're not purring. They are rumbling. In the downtown core. Now, think of it this way. A blind person has to cross the street. Oh, yeah, I get that. You're not going to hear shit. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, any kind of travel for somebody who has mobility impairments is going to be hell on earth. Ex- especially in that type of area. Yeah. Right. And then they're introducing violence and racism and all kinds of stuff into right, that sort of mix. It to, then you've taken it to a whole nother level. It's like it's like the insurrection and riots that we had um, at the Capitol building, you know, on January 6th of 21. OK, uh-huh. did people have the right to protest? Yes. Did people have the right to storm a Capitol building and injure police officers and, and do all kinds of physical damage to the building? And it, it no. And no. not just any building. This is a historic landmark. Right. So, I mean, if you want to equate that to, to this, this situation, no, you don't have the right to incite violence and racism. Keep those shitty beliefs to yourself at the mm-hmm. end of the day, um, because that's your truth is not everybody else's truth, I guess, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you can protest, uh, but no, it doesn't give you the right to incite incite any of these things that are also occurring along with this convoy. Right. And that's where it is, isn't it? When your protest or demonstration negatively affects the rest of the population there's something that's got to be done do you agree with that statement absolutely i mean you can protest all you want but again if a blind guy has to cross the street in that situation that blind eye that blind guy is fucked he's screwed but it doesn't matter if you're disabled or not i mean if 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 you have to go through this area and there is this violence and protesting like we've seen here in the U.S. with all of the racial tension and, and, and things that have happened throughout the past year, mm. right? I mean, yeah. 
we want to be safe in our communities. We don't want to have to worry about, um, am I going to encounter a protest where that might be violent? Um, Am I going to be um, profiled because I'm of a certain race, gender, uh, you know, whatever the situation is. We all Mm -hmm. have the right to live um, without worry about whether or not something is going to happen to us because of because of these, you know, uh, racial issues. And that's, you know, that's another issue. Because no matter how peaceful you are, there's always going to be a fringe group that's going to take it to another level. For example, Black Lives Matter have peaceful protests all the time. But then you introduce Antifa people in there. And all of a sudden, we're talking riots and, and destruction of public property. All kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, I think, what drives these this violence and racism to the nth degree in that essentially these little fringe groups just come out of nowhere when there's a demonstration happening, hoping to make a bigger thing than it should be. And, you know, it's not written anywhere, but it is my belief that um, obviously there has been throughout, throughout the history of your country and my country, there is, there is a uh, history of racism and violence and hate. I don't think that that has ever, it has never gone away. Okay. Um, it, it might, um, it's always been there and there's always going to be, like you said, a group or groups that are going to, you know, um, have their belief systems. But I think that since um, the start of the pandemic, um, some of these fringe groups have been more accepted and come out into the open because you see it happening all over the place. And it's kind of like now everybody feels they can come out of the woodwork, I guess. Whereas before, not saying that these, we, we didn't know about these groups, but now it was kind of a more of a quiet existence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that this whole pandemic has brought some of that out, that people are tired and frustrated. And I'm not condoning their actions, um, but it also seems like it's much more uh, acceptable for, for, the, for these groups and situations to congregate, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you see that a lot of these fringe groups are capitalizing on the discord and the disagreements between people to the point where they create violence and they create racist taunts to turn a peaceful protest violent because they think, hey, you know what? If cameras catch the police beating the shit out of us, we're martyrs. We're no longer just protesters. Yeah, I uh, you're 
you you always bring up some crazy issues that like I feel like well we're never gonna resolve them in an hour anyway but it's funny that like um we just don't have the answers that's I mean there is no clear cut answer here I don't think well I I but it's but they're very thought provoking well you have a clear cut answer but I don't think it's gonna work. I'm sorry, I, explain what my answer oh, was. Oh, well, I mean, I feel that you believe that everybody, yes, should be vaccinated. Um, Barring which, religious and medical yeah. exemptions. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, you know, while I believe everybody should be vaccinated, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't. You know what? At the end of the day, I don't think it's going to happen, too. But that's the way to put this bloody COVID stuff to rest. I mean, the fact is, you want to get rid of it, get vaccinated. But again, I don't know. I And I think that's the thing that we need to look at, too. And maybe it's a topic to, to look at again, because 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 COVID is such an ever-changing virus and because of the... What I do know is the um, <laughs> the way it transmits, and it has to do with the mRNA um, cells that mm. uh, that um, replicate in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away. It just isn't. I really believe that. And like I said, it's going to become like the flu, where mm-hmm. you get vaccinated, uh, if you do or not. I don't know if you do, but um, and, and hopefully, you know, with the different variations that pop up and crop up, you know, it will be manageable, but I don't think it's going away. You know, I, I, I have to think of the fact that, you know, as a president or prime minister or head of state, I have to look at what's going to save the most lives. And I am not going to tell somebody they don't have to be vaccinated when vaccinating them could save a lot of a lot more lives. Do you agree with that statement? Yeah, but I don't know about how your country and your prime minister or whatever, I don't know how they handled it. But I mean, here, I mean, the president no, I'd did imagine, encourage. They, right, they, they I would imagine and that they encouraged and they talked until they were blue in the face. Please get vaccinated. Yeah. Please get vaccinated. But again, they can't mandate it. So, you know, um, I mean, I it's know. no doubt your president is thinking the same way. I mean, the fact is, do we do what's best for a hundred people? Or do we do what's best for a thousand people? But actually, it's not even that. It's not even that clear cut because it's not a a hundred people. We're talking about a couple of thousand, and it's not a thousand people. We're talking about three hundred and some odd million, as opposed to what we're looking like in China, for example, where there's a billion people. But again, 
when did this mandate come about? You said in November? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was happening before that? It wasn't mandated, right? Right. Okay. So, I mean... Right, but at I, the same time, the borders were closed to non-essential travel. Okay. Yeah, got it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking, you know, we have to keep our borders and our population within those borders safe. But not if these people are traveling in and out of our country and getting others, our, our own people, contaminated. Okay. So... Um, now I don't know how, um, what you guys are experiencing in Canada, uh, in terms of shortages of certain people, like here, um, we have, uh, sorry, <laughs> um, your dog, your dog objects to what you're thinking. My dog totally objects. He says everybody should be free and be happy and eat dog food all day. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. He gets his vaccines every year, right? No. No. I'm kidding. Yes, he does. But um, <laughs> hold that thought or hold down the fort. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> going so, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to join the conversation, let us know. Send us a message on Facebook, uh, on Twitter. And if you want to come in, just let me know, and I will actually send out a link for you to join the conversation. I'd imagine there are a lot of opinions on this on this topic. I mean, Claudia's and mine can't be the only ones. I mean, let's look at the comments if we have any. I have returned from the abyss. Yeah, Annabelle feels it should be a law. Yeah, Annabelle says she disagrees with you because she feels it could be uh, done worldwide if the government's mandated. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I mean, you know, I, I, I do agree with you that we are never going to get past this in an hour or at least come to some consensus because we always have different groups that are going to object. So personally, I don't want anybody protesting on my street because, well, actually, I don't care because, I mean, my house is pretty soundproof. Uh, having said that, I mean, I think it's a really huge disruption, not only to the economy, and commercialization, but to p 
people with disabilities who have to go past these trucking protests with noises blaring and engines rumbling and it's it just becomes it, it just fucks with their equilibrium yeah absolutely i mean um even somebody that's deaf i mean the vibration of all of this stuff might totally just throw you off um you know if you're trying to, you know, maneuver through this area. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. And But I think but sorry, go ahead. Um I I know what I think I was going to say before, you know, my dog always wants to be present in these videos whether you see him or not, I think, you know. He's got to make his his feelings known. Um Well, yeah. <laughs> he's your dog. Um, He's very, he's very, uh, he's very vocal. He takes vocal. his cue from mommy. Yeah. Huh? Very vocal. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. But what I was trying to say is in in the U.S., um, we are experiencing shortages in many, many, many areas right now, like teaching, um, healthcare, um, uh, oh, truckers. There's a shortage of truckers. <laughs> No, there really is. Um, and I think you said, and I don't, I don't think it's as easy as this. You said, if you don't like it, basically get the hell out, get a different job where it's not requiring you to be vaccinated. Okay. Uh -huh. Now I am of the belief that if you are a healthcare worker, you're on the front lines, you're a doctor, nurse, you're a respiratory therapist, you're, you're involved with patient care. You should be vaccinated for your health and everybody else's, okay? Right. But there are people that work in healthcare settings that may not see patients. They might be in records or billing or, you know, uh, whatever, you know. I think that could be a different story. But the bottom, there's already a shortage, I guess is what I'm saying. And if you say that, okay, then go get yourself a different job. That's not always as easy to do. And yes, that, you know, it is your choice to decide whether you're vaccinated or not. But there, I don't know. There's already a shortage of workers throughout, especially throughout our country. Um, no, no, I agree areas. with you. But here's, here's the thing. Truckers don't have to drive. They can dispatch. They can... Uh, they can uh, coordinate logistics. So these 1,000 truckers are all going to find jobs in dispatching or whatever if they're... Not if just they're... dispatching, but, you know, logistics, uh, resources, uh, human resources, whatever the case. And, For example... you the driving. You know that. Well, here's the thing. You talk about people in record-keeping and... and uh, I'm sorry, payroll and janitorial who are not on the front lines, but they still have work in those places. So the question then becomes, are they more likely to get 
the virus than not. For example, I'm less likely to get it than you because I'm at home and, and you're at work in a public building, in a public setting that people walk into. See, but I wouldn't see that because, um, I mean, yes and no, because your wife is out there. She's kind of yes my wife is out there but she's also been vaccinated having said that it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated it's affecting it's affecting so there are so many breakthrough cases i don't know about there but here there are um right regardless of vaccination or no whether you're if you are vaccinated there are still there is still appears to be a high number of breakthrough cases i i know again have family and friends that i that i know personally that have had that happen. So yeah, and, she's out and, there. So she and could it's bring been it. and it's been proven that those who've been vaccinated aren't hit as hard with the COVID. True. V- whatever variant. Yeah. And they don't have to go on respirators. No, that 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 there that's there's hard proof on that. I I I know there is. So. And, and and this is what you really can't get away from. The fact that we, meaning you and I, may be smart as hell. And I understand that the population you deal with isn't well-educated or even educated. But at the end of the day one has to look at do they have common sense and common sense dictates if you're sick stay home but people still come out of their homes when they're sick and that's why you are more likely to get covid than i am yeah you can't you can't uh, you can't mitigate that risk i mean there it's just like that you're risking your health every time you go to work and that's a fact i mean i'm not even thinking about the fact that you know you're you're seeing all these people no that's got nothing to do with it it's got to do with the fact that people are stupid. We have a load of idiots who are sitting at home who don't give a shit about how others feel, only how they do. And they feel, "Eh, it's just a sniffle, I can go out. But the fact is, you've got this cough or the sniffle or diarrhea or whatever the case is. Actually, now that I'm thinking, if you've got diarrhea, you're not going anywhere. But, you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to go anywhere yeah. far away from my my toilet. Um, 
but you know that's a nightmare of mine you know that that i that i'm in and that i can't i'm i'm dreaming and i can't find and it's not about diarrhea it's just about not being able to find a bathroom (laughs) oh yeah that's one of my nightmares but anyway that's happened to me a couple of times though with the pee (laughs) kind not the shit kind yeah 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 no that's what i'm saying is like it's it's a nightmare of mine like i can't find the bathroom and it's like but anyway i digress (laughs) you know i (laughs) go And, and you know what? At the end of the day, people, use your fucking brains. If you're sick, stay the fuck home. You know, isolate yourself so you don't come into contact with other people. Mask up if you absolutely have to go out. And believe me, the mask is not to protect you. It's to protect others. No matter how much you want to believe that it protects you. I still can't believe that about 45% of people still think the mask protects them. Which is ironic. You know, talk about uneducated. But, you know, if you have shit happening to you that you can't, especially if you can't explain it. Stay home until you can get a call from your doctor. And at the very least, don't go anywhere. Not until you've passed this shit up. You know, the unfortunate thing there is, again, playing devil's advocate, because I totally agree with you. I have not taken myself to work. And this has already happened to me a couple of times during COVID that, you know, I'm sneezing and I'm coughing and I'm just not, but I don't have COVID. I'm still not going into work. And I let them know, you know, I'm not, I'm not going into work. I'm not going to do that to anybody because I don't want to, you know, this could or could not be something. So, um, but unfortunately, you know, this thing about staying home is that a lot of people don't have the ability to do that. They don't have vacation time. They don't have sick time. People are getting fired. People are being told here. I know of various instances. No, here it's the no, same thing. I'm I not agree saying with at you. my job, but I'm saying I'm I'm saying I, I do work um, in a department that is very they they get it in the sense that they're gonna tell you don't bring that stuff here. Stay home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of workplaces that don't have that and you don't have that ability uh, to stay home if you're experiencing symptoms, whether they be minor or major, because they're losing jobs. And that is what should be looked at, too. You know, what I mean, on a whole nother, you know, uh, branch of this whole topic is that there is a, you know, there's the lack of ability to do that. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's just it, isn't it? I mean, and and so a lot of it is our parents' fault or or the fact that we have kids and we make them go to school even though they tell us they're not feeling well. I mean, one thing I mean, <laughs> I was one of those. I was one of those until probably a little before the pandemic you know what i mean like i was like always you're faking you just don't want to go you're going you know yeah i Um, mean if there was a fever i was right 
but periodically I'd be proven wrong. And I'm like, oh crap. I <laughs> Yeah. Should've, and it's and should have listened. And you to know him. what? It's like if there's a fever, I know they're gonna stay home because obviously yeah, if yeah, there's yeah. a fever, something's infecting their body. Yeah. And I've had calls from the school letting us know that you know your daughter has contracted a fever and you have to come pick her up. Right. Yeah, we I have no you. problems doing that. Yeah. I mean, she's got a fever. She shouldn't be around other kids. Right. If only so she doesn't get what the other kids are give, passing around. Right. And so we all even, know that schools are, you know, <laughs> breeding it, grounds it, for germs. I mean, it's exactly, just exactly. I mean, even if you don't care about your own kid, think about the other four or 500 kids in the school that are passing around other stuff. Sorry, I, I said that incorrectly. I'm what I mean to say is, <laughs> even if you don't give a shit about other kids, care about your own kid who, yes, they have a fever and that's it, but at the end of the day, there's other shit going around the school that your kid could get in addition to the fever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. So again, do I believe it should I be mean, mandated at the end of the day? No. Yeah, I mean, personally, we feel that yes, if you're going to demonstrate and protest, please feel free to do so, but don't affect the livelihoods of 350 or, in our case, 35 uh, million people. Well, actually, uh, Alexa, what's the population of Ottawa? In 2020, <gasps> the population of Ottawa was 1.03 million people. Yeah, 1.03 million people. I answered you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did she? Well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Alexa, shut up. She talks way too much. She's got diarrhea of the mouth. Oh. So... <laughs> Again, guys, we have way more, way past our our, our time slot because uh, <laughs> we're almost at an hour and a half now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. telling you, you and I can have conversations like it's nobody's business. Honestly. And they're so interesting. I mean, I really hope that you're on on future shows because like i said i mean this if we can do this every week this will be amazing so guys i want to thank claudia for for being my co-host today uh, make sure you tune in later on tonight for snap we're talking about the big o orgasms uh that's the topic for tonight and uh, make sure you come to us next week where we are going to rip the headlines right off your newspaper. Well, actually... The, Nobody reads or, newspapers. What are you talking about? I, I know. iPads. iPads. Or, <laughs> or, or, or phones or computers. <laughs> right. 
Right. What she said. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, thank you for coming to the show. And, uh, oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. Thanks for coming, for being on the show. Thank you for listening to the show. And uh, remember, if you want us to look at a particular topic or subject, let us know. Send us an email at whoseblindlifeisitanyway at gmail.com. And, uh, hey, we'll talk about it. All right? Thanks, everybody. We'll see you Thank next you. week. Thank you.